0: Everybody, welcome to the Serbian Corner, DMR Nuggets Show on the DMVR Support Channel and on the DMR Nuggets Podcast. Team, my name is Royal. Currently in Belgrade, internationally in Lincoln, Nebraska, in school. With me is Miroslav Juk, also known as Miro. Well known to the DMR family. Well, Miro, introduce yourself if anyone doesn't know you by now
1: good day everybody we are pumped to be here this is a this is a big uh, big thing for me and for why i'm f- i'm sure uh, the reason i always wanted to do this is because i love dnvr nuggets because they do two things usually one is to listen to the fan base to their family uh, all around and the other thing is to to educate the fan base to be good fans to be respectful and to be to be uh uh, to properly understand how to follow your team when times are good and when times are bad. So, what we are going to try to do on the Serbian corner under DNVR roof is to continue the education and uh, listening to to the fans. So, you you can expect us to uh, to, to expect to, to hear from us some some new things, some new perspectives uh, that are not uh, not the usual thing in the US.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree, like it's we're we're not from America you know, originally. So by that alone, we have a different perspective. So, you know, as we said, we're going to have some fun, talk about basketball. You get to know us and hopefully get a glimpse into Serbian fandom and what kind of makes us tick. Um, I apologize for the voice. Uh, I'm on under protocol. I like NBA so much. I kind of have to go with the trend. Um, As I said, you know, we're going to do a weekly weekend show uh, here on the DMR Nuggets um, podcast feed. We'll look at some interesting through lines, some main points, themes, mainly in the Nuggets sphere. But we might touch up on, you know, it's a Serbian corner. So who knows? Maybe if another Serbian kind of goes bananas in the NBA, we might uh, have a little moment for them. Um, And so we'll start the show as um, we will start every show with uh, Serbian Fun Fact of the Week. And so yesterday was um, Christmas here, um, Orthodox Christmas, as you would say. And so Christo Serodi to all of our Serbian listeners and Merry Christmas to all. And so Mira will take it from here uh, and tell us a little bit why it's celebrated on January 7th compared to what uh, in America is on the um, 25th of December, so take it away, ma'am
1: Yeah, well, uh, it is usual that we call it Serbian Christmas or Orthodox Christmas, but neither of those two facts are, are actually true. The truth <laughs> is that the Serbian, Russian, and Orthodox Church in Jerusalem celebrate Christmas on January 7th, only those three Orthodox Churches, and the reason for that is that the, these three Orthodox Churches never upgraded to a newer calendar, Namely, until the 16th century, all the Christian churches had the same calendar called the Julian calendar, named after Julius Caesar. But in the 16th century, Pope Gregorus XIII declared the new Gregorian calendar that was 13 days later than the old one, and he conveniently it, named it Gregorian calendar after him. Just to make things clear, Serbs do celebrate Christmas on December 25th, It's just according to the old calendar, the orthodoxier Julian calendar. (laughs) Now, if you ask me which calendar is better, the Gregorian is better aligned to the solar system, but it is still vastly inferior to the revised Julian calendar made by, well, what do you know, a Serbian scientist called Milutin Milankovic in 1923, which differs from the other two by superior determination of leap years at the end of each century. If you ask me what day is it today, according to this calendar, it is the same, January 8th, and it will stay the same until year 2800, when it will go one day further and be much, much more precise. (laughs) You can see, let me see, okay, behind me there is a tree. This is not the Christmas tree. It is actually a New Year's tree, because Orthodox Serbs do not have Christmas tree. We have a Christmas oak branch called badniak, the tradition is to burn the badniak on the Christmas Eve, surrounded by your family and neighbors. Early on Christmas morning, so the morning after, a female member of the family collects water from a bucket with a bucket on a nearby well, spring or stream. Of course, I'm talking about things that happened 100 years ago, so not, not everybody has a well in Serbia right now, just to be completely clear. This wa- water is called strong water. An indepensable part of Christmas dinner is the česnica, a round loaf of bread. The dough for it is sometimes prepared with this strong water. A custom is to put a coin into the dough, and in northern part of Serbia, called Vojvodina, where Nikola Jokic and I are from, a sweet cake pie variety of česnica is made using walnuts and honey, also with a coin inside. We usually arrange for the youngest member of the family to accidentally find the coin each year, so that's yep. That's about what I have about yep. Christmas. I, I remember
0: that the coin is was always a big adventure. It's like a penny, but it's always fun to fun to get it in, in the bread. It's great. I mean, it's it's great. Uh, it's my first time in nine years uh, that I've been uh, here on Christmas. Uh, yeah, exactly. That was the, that's, that's the bread. It's that's cold. just pizza. Yeah. For me, it was really cool. To, you know, it's under you know crappy circumstances with with the protocols but um at least i was home for for christmas i stuck in an airport somewhere so yeah we warmed up with with some fun facts uh yeah we do say like you know, catholic christmas for december 25th around here because a lot of people that celebrate uh december 25th are catholics so it's kind of like both it goes both ways like we both make mistakes so like oh it's not catholic it's also not orthodox specifically it's just christmas so it is what it is. And then you said New Year's, we celebrate more with the presents because it also comes first. And then, you know, the whole like, uh, we didn't celebrate religion too much during the communism. Yeah, time. That,
1: that's right. That's right. That's oh, a, that's oh. also a fun fact. Communist regime made the New Year's the biggest event of the winter in former Yugoslavia. And it kind of sticks today as well. The New Year's is still a really, really big, big uh, thing in, in Serbia yeah. and all of former
0: Yugoslavia. Cool, cool. Okay, yeah. This is this is obviously like a big deal, big deal for us. So this is why a little bit of a longer fun fact. Of the week will probably next time will be a little shorter. Get some more, um, maybe basketball related stuff or who knows. But so since we warmed up, we're gonna get to our Rakia shots. Our custom with our DMVR guys. Uh, every post game we do this before lunch. It's a national. Uh, or lunch or dinner, national alcoholic drink, um, and it's used to you know make a toast. So what this segment will be is the quick headline, uh, or like a quick shot of the week, if you will. Um, so we, because this is going to be a weekly recap show, we're going to have like a kind of like a theme. The first thing that we take away from this uh, week, and so Miro, you want to start us off.
1: Yeah, I I wanted to to pick a very special kind of Rakia for for this week because of the depleted roster we we had. We had uh, some guys that uh, will probably not be in regular rotation as soon as everybody is hopefully healthy. Well, everybody who can be healthy at this point of the season. So my Rakia shot of the week is called Dashtara. Now, this is this is quite shocking for your Voya, as well did you know that you can distill rakia from anything that contains sugar my grandfather told me that during the world war ii when the nazis took all the fruits from the village he was living in folks needed something else to make rakia with so somebody remembered that there is enough sugar in wood planks to make the <laughs> distilling process possible so dashtara is a rakia made of wood planks so
0: what connects I like this this. current I can see that
1: yeah what connects this current version of nuggets and wood planks is the fact that all the nice fruit is benched right now well actually not <laughs> not all of them because we had the game against uh, Sacramento with with uh, quite quite a lot of nice fruit uh, in the rotation but before Sacramento it was really a lot of wood planks instead of instead of fruits but this is not a harp against those guys. These guys are uh, 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 role players that should that should be role players and can contribute to winning basketball in those roles. But when you push them to the starting positions, to the starting rotations, then it can be you know uh, it wouldn't be optimal. So this is this is the main reason why the Nuggets are still struggling. This is why the main reason why they've been two and two last week as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, I see a question. Does rakia means uh, simply mean homemade booze? It's it's not really. I mean, it's the national drink, but it does. It is a tradition to make it. You know, every family kind of has their own equipment to make it. So, because it's so widespread and it's made from plums and plums, you know, mostly, and so plums grow everywhere here. So it's very like easy to every family kind of have their own traditional recipes and stuff. So it's really cool. Um, that was a good pull. I got it. We didn't like talk about this before. What he's gonna pick is is rakia, and that was basically like you know, draining a, like a dry rag from from this roster this week. Mine is kind of piggybacking off of that. Is the margin of error uh, is very, you know, it's very slim. It's like razor's edge, uh, especially this week when we started with a lot of injuries, and you know, with Houston and and then Dallas and you have the Utah game um, kind of having like a very depleted roster. Um, and it's it kind of started with Jamal getting hurt for me. Um, that we don't have that two-man equalizer game, so you really, really have to, you have to be on point. And Adam started talking about this on Thursday on the show with his notebook episode with Harrison. Uh, you know, you you can have like uh, you know situations that, that we had against Utah, like disregarding us, you know, small man uh, lineup that the Jazz had, and, and ignoring Yolkes on the low post, uh, turning the ball over like against Dallas Mavericks. Like that was, to me, that was one of those. Hey man, we have 20 turnovers and it's three, um, three quarters in, and and you know we were losing the game like that. Um, and you then you add up on top of Jamal Murray, uh, MPJ, you know PJ uh, protocols this year. So that's kind of th- that's kind of my rock here, like the first thing I think about. And obviously, it kind of irons out like when we start getting guys back, like against Sacramento, we can see a little bit of a better you know play on the court, uh, but. Otherwise, like it's 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 really bad, like and unfortunately, that's why a lot of like pessimism is surrounding the season. And you know, one of the reasons we kind of want to talk about this, we you know, starting the new year is is this reason. You wanna wanna add on something on that, or wanna keep going? What do you think? It's 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 really tough. We want to find silver
1: linings, and you know, we can we can hop hop on the last night's game against Sacramento because. When you get Jeff Green, when you get Zeke Naji back, that's already a much better kind of rotation, and you can see that this this roster is not poorly constructed, as some some people on internet like to say. It's just yeah. it's just too many guys missing, and hopefully, uh, uh, while the season progresses, there is a there is a. A small, small chance that we actually get both Jamal and Michael Porter back before the end of the season. It's not likely. It's not likely at all. But there is even in that possibility. So, so let's hang on to the to the uh, thin strings of hope. And uh, we still have the best player on the planet on our team. So, uh, I I know that people in in, in uh, Cleveland used to be. Uh, devastated about their seasons with LeBron and somehow LeBron would just pull a miracle and go to the uh, finals because it was the miserable East so this is the reason why yeah. he made it every time but anyway, uh, hopefully it will get better and as Adam says, uh, Serbian Christmas Orthodox Christmas, or the Christmas on the Julian calendar can be a breaking point in the season and yeah. everything can go up from there
0: yeah, especially coming back from you know, coming back from protocols and I mean it's not just not just the players, again, it's the coaches too. Like we had situations where, you know, it's Popeye Jones as a coach, not Michael Malone, Michael Malone. And, you know, that those margins of error too are like getting slimmer and slimmer. Like the guys on the court have to be more even focused than than they you know, than they can afford um to make mistakes like you know, like before. I mean, it's again, it's like for me it's just you can't have games like OKC when you get out rebounded, outscored in the paint, for example. Like those, those are the kind of things you can control when you have Nikola Jokic on the court. Um, and so those, those are the kind of you know margins of error that I'm addressing here. And I think going forward, like to yesterday was really good. It's kind of it, the season is kind of weird to assess as well as you have a game against Sacramento that's a blowout, and you have a Utah that's very close. And you see mistakes against Utah that usually can either be iron, as I said, iron out or are avoided when you have a better roster, you know, present, when you don't have to rely on solely Falko Rivers in the starting lineup, but they can come in off the bench and bring energy like they did last night. And so, and I, you know, I love the fact that, you know, we won yesterday for a change uh, on the, on Orthodox, and against Sacramento too, I'll, I'll we'll talk about that later. Um, when, to finish Rakia's segment, uh, we, we talked to, um, there was a question, is there like a competition for who has the best brew? Uh, you bet there is, <laughs> there's a lot of them, uh, who has the best Rakia, and someone made a comment, like, I'm pretty sure everyone thinks their domestic, uh, you know, homemade uh, is, um, is the best, so, yeah. One more thing for Western Serbia is best for the Račiel. Yeah, like every region is probably going to claim that, which kind of, <laughs> yeah. Fun of it. yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> They're all just different. It's 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 like when your wife asks you, "Was the was your lover good in bad and you said she was different. You know, that's that's the way you do it. <laughs> the, yeah. That's the way with with. The, with as in Serbia. Anyway, what, what I wanted to say about the depleted roster also is uh, the fact that the roster was depleted uh, made the, the opponents uh, really hard to double Nikola Jokic throughout the, the week. Well, maybe a bit less against Sacramento, but before that really hardly and really hard. And uh, the miracle thing about that for the last four games, I'm including the Sunday game versus the Rockets, since Adam believes the week starts on Sunday and he <laughs> does have the stop broadcast button ready at all times.
0: <laughs> there we go. <laughs> we know who's producing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we, have to, we have to include the last, last Sunday, like, like the, the week before us. And those four games, Nuggets finished 2-2. Two and, two, and Nikola Jokic, even though he was hard double, Hard doubled, scored 27.5 points on 70% true shooting. He actually yeah. had only six assists per game compared to Faku's seven and Barton's surprising 5.8 assists per game. Uh, and Nicolas solidified himself as the second best rebounder in the league with 14.5 rebounds per game this week. Everybody else? If we look at the players that played at least in three of the last four games, because there weren't many, the only ones in double digits were Gordon with 14.5, Will with 13.5, and Faku with 10. Everybody else was in, was in single digits, if we look at the guys that played in more than
0: three yeah, games. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it, it, this, is, this is a great synergy between Colorado and Serbia here. Um, Patrick has does weed have sugar? I want to make cannabis rakia. And then Mitslow comes in with the integrity Rakia coming right out. Um, yeah, you know, we'll see. That's something, that, you know, w- we might have to look into because that will be, like, the main, yeah, you know, the DMVR Rakia, the future DMVR Rakia. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much our. Those are headlines, basically, for the week. What are you feeling, Mira now? What do you want to do? you want to go into the best or worst things
1: first do well, we yeah. go... Yeah, Serbs always tell you, "Give me the worst thing first because yeah, I'm g- tough. let's <laughs> so, let's handle the worst first, and then we'll go to the."
0: Let's let's go into the worst. So this this worst segment for us is the Euro Take Foul. For us, I mean, for me, and I think for you too, and most basketball M- fans, M- is the
1: M- universally.
0: M- yeah, who knows? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I mean, hopefully not, because that means I'm pantsless in that photo. So. <laughs> um, let's not go there. <laughs> This, uh, so yeah, this is universally one of the worst things in basketball. Like I hated it here, and especially because it was prominent in even in like younger, uh, younger generation clubs. Like I was seventh grade, and, and people would do that here. Like you would get a good defensive stop, you know, push the break, and then someone would stop it by like taking that you know intentional foul. So this is this is gonna be our worst thing. We couldn't come up with anything, more, uh, you know, something that we hated more. Um, So what do you think? What was your uh, worst thing of the week this this uh,
1: Yeah, the the lowest I felt was right after the Houston game. That was the first game that Popeye Jones was uh, managing the team from the sideline. And there there were a lot of uh, uh, voices online calling out Michael Malone after that game. You know, there is no need to diminish what the Nuggets players, including Ball Ball, did in that game because the opponent was a dumpster fire. But also there is no need to call out Malone as a bad coach because the team has won their first game without him. Having strong takes on depleted roster is very unfair. We should just thank God that we have Nikola Jokic to keep the Nuggets around 500 until the reinforcements arrive, as as I said before. So... uh, Hopefully it will happen and uh, I don't know, it, it was just, it was just, uh, it, it, it left the, the bad taste in my mouth and uh, and uh, hopefully hopefully we'll get to the point where we'll just block those people out or, or some people will just stop having bad takes. Don't go to the YouTube pages, <laughs> fan pages on YouTube, that's even worse.
0: Yeah, fair. Uh, just when you said the comments for, for YouTube and stuff, uh, as uh, I think Adam texted us in the, in the comments, please, uh, we understand Serbian, but a lot of DMVR listeners don't. So if you can text and uh, put, put comments in English, that would be great, because then everyone can kind of follow up. Because a lot of a lot of our guys are here from Nugget Serbia show, and, and not everyone is so funny, but I'll, I'd like everyone else to know that you're funny, too, so we can all enjoy uh, the comedy and, and comments. So I agree. I mean, the, the, the Malone, you know, playing like for more relaxed without him. And it's also Houston Rockets. Like it's hard to like judge any, many coaching decisions and coaching effect in that game, since it was such a drumming and they were all falling apart and at the seams. And, you know, you have Porter and, Wood, Porter and Wood don't want to play after the first half, after fuck which is basically school to school the pants out of them. And, you know, Porters like I mean he's leaving I don't I mean I don't really want to comment into that like I don't know what what even happened with that but that game is really hard to comment on coaching the worst thing is that there was the people were ready All you know it was just they were waiting for a moment to to drum up that discussion again it happened with OKC with him benching the the starters in the fourth which to for the record, like I know it's kind of it's NBA they're all like a lot of games but as as you know someone grown up here like that's kind of what you do uh, in leagues here. Like if starters are that lethargic, you kind of you pull them and you teach them a lesson. Again, it's up for debate for the NBA season if that's necessary or not. But it was for me at least. It was like you know it was good to, good to see that kind of backbone in in Malone and not taking any um, any any crap from his players um, on the court. And I mean, it's, it's funny thing is it's you know, people are binary a lot of times here. Um, the, you know, not here. I mean, everywhere. It's either the worst thing everywhere. or the best thing. I mean, you know, we, we can fall into that category a lot of times too. Like you kind of your emotions get a better Of view when you're watching the games, and so that's kind of what's happening here. It's you can't criticize certain things. It's either always the worst and he should be fired, or he's the best. Don't talk bad about him. So, which I, I, I again, like in life, I think it's somewhere in the middle. He had bad moments, especially when the roster got like really, really depleted he would have bad decisions of like when to put which player because a lot of players were out of their position and out of their role in the team and what they were used to. So it's really interesting to, you know, to criticize and, and actually, I mean, he was also a pretty sure a learning a learning moment for him too, just to see kind of what to do in those moments. Cause it was really, I mean, not easy, but it's easier when you have Jamal and Jokic and then you have that loaded of a team, your mistakes can get you know, neutralized. So I hope, like moving forward, you know, we can we can you know assess everything differently because again, you have Popeye Jones last night, you know, Sacramento's coming back from that lead and he doesn't call a timeout and the players have to be like, hey, we need to like regroup and those are kind of the decisions that Malone will be torched for. But you know, it's that's what I mean. Like it's it's it was very really like this you know disheartening and, and it happens with everyone. Like Barton's like the main main guy that goes to that because when he's good, a lot of people don't even want to. Say that he's good, and when he's bad, like you know, it gets rolling. Even you know, they get on his case even more. So I, I agree. That was like one of the one of the worst things. Um Do you have anything that, or yeah, you know, yeah, I, I wanted to
1: add, add the, 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 about the taking out the the whole starters away from the game because they sucked. Uh, and the reason uh, I liked it is because it's very normal in Europe, and uh, all the all the basketball clubs, all the basketball teams are companies and in every company guy with the big salary makes the shots and uh, in Europe you have top level basketball coaches that have higher salaries than their star players and this is why they have the power over the team and and the team really listens to them in NBA is completely different. I have no idea what's the, what's the salary on Michael Malone, but I'm quite sure it's yeah, it's much last. less comparing to Nikola Jokić, Jamal Murray, and soon to be Michael Porter. So it's it's a bit different there, and this is why I think it wasn't a really super productive thing to do. But uh, but you know, as a Euro fan, I liked it, and uh, the only thing I didn't like it that they didn't try to win a game and in NBA there are so many meaningless games where you just need to win some of them yeah because yeah. nobody will remember what's really happened you just need to tell enough games to to escape from the playing tournament at least yeah
0: exactly yeah so I mean uh is I mean can I, can I go <laughs> yep yeah let's uh' um... I mean for my worst thing is is again it's the injuries and the COVID protocols um which when I wrote this i didn't know I was gonna fall under that category but um it's not a novelty issue I mean it, it, you know um, it's it sucks like I, I said I got to go home after nine years for new year's um and talking to some some people you know it, they had some players and coaches stuck uh in some hotel rooms on new year's Eve and that must you know that must have sucked like that's that's just I mean, I don't know how you would feel like getting stuck in a hotel room without your family on such like a big night of the year. Um, mm. I mean, I don't know, like you you have a couple of young kids question I can live for one night <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but just in general, like they're you know stuck in San Francisco in a hotel room. Again, like I'm stuck here, at least I'm home. I'm not somewhere in the middle. And then, um, as far as injuries, man, uh, I want to, this is my my moment to shout out Vlatko. Uh, broke He broke his nose, then broke his foot. Contract here. You you talked about it on Twitter, like you know, and he's yeah he is restricted restrict free agent, and hopefully he'll be back because um, I mean not a lot of people show him love as a player because you know for the standards of like the NBA and what fans are trained and and used to watching. He's not the flashiest. He's not like, I mean, I see more free bull, bull tweets and comments than anything about Vlanko because, you know, you know what to expect from him. He's a low mistake guy. He knows what to do. Like I mean, he play, you know, played for the Slovenian team in the Olympics with Luka Doncic and was like a big part of that team because of what he can do. And he just started, you know, because of all the injuries and stuff around it, he started getting some minutes and showing that, He's kind of like the Jokic guy, like, you know, with dMA guys started started that, you know, the Jokic player, the Jokic guy. He's definitely one of them, not just because they're friends, I think just because of that um, mentality that comes from him, like, he knows when to pass. Like, he can recognize the situations of, even though it's an 82-game season and every moment is like, there's so many moments that you can kind of disregard him and then they're fleeting. He still understands, like, okay, now I need to pass Jokic in this situation or... I'm alone. The ball is popping. I need to take the shot. I'm not gonna record scratch this. And he's like the guy that I really like watching, love watching play because I'm like I I love playing like like he did. And it's such it sucks that he's probably gonna get forgotten in this season for the, like some of the important stretches that he had. You know, like because again he's not flashy and and that's the style of he, you know the style that he plays. So that kind of sucks for me. Do you have any? lotko thoughts yeah uh, well you know, we love him. usually yeah. we talked to ogie about it when he was on our show last year and he also said i mean basically the same thing like smart basketball player so um that's you know that's kind of that's kind of why I, why sweat sucks that he, he broke his foot like that and had surgery
1: yeah the reason i love vladko is because he's a very well educated player he knows his role really really well he plays smartly all the time and uh, for, a good, uh, for a good team like Denver Nuggets is supposed to be and will be when they have the complete roster. Uh, he's a guy that can give you 30, 40 games of really solid minutes every season. And you need these minutes because the injuries happen every year and you need guys to step in the role uh, when they're asked for it to be ready every time and Vlatko was always ready. There was I don't remember a really bad Vlatko game at all. I don't know, maybe maybe some time ago, but I don't really. Yeah, maybe it.
0: some of the maybe some of the advanced analytics will show some plus minuses and stuff. Sure. But the thing is, like, he doesn't, for me at least, like what I'm watching, he doesn't make like egregious mistakes that really pop out. Like maybe he'll be late a little bit because you know not playing that long, you know, that much, and so he's out of focus in that way. But uh, uh, besides that, I mean, besides those outlier situations, I think he's always ready. And when you said like, if you want to build a championship team, I think you need those guys that are going to be. Always ready and, and to contribute in a long long season. You know you have because Nuggets are kind of compared with Golden State in a way of timelines and drafting guys. Like they're not bringing in a lot of free agents. That was pre Durant era, and this kind of reminds me of that you know th- those seasons that they had, they would have to have players that would come up come up and and be play like solidly throughout the season um, to actually ensure some stability uh, through the whole through the through the whole way. And I think Valko is one of them. And again, as like, I guess I said also uh COVID protocols, like hopefully Coach Malone is good, like he's well and he's healthy because I miss those rage timeouts, man. Uh, I, I don't know. Like, again, it's like it's very frustrating. I'm, I'm sure for fans in 82 game season, Um, it's a lot of like, come on, chill. Like maybe you're putting in some nervousness into your own players. But again, as people from Europe watching those kind of games, like, We've seen like our coaches get bloody red of rage because of a simple miscue on on defense and, uh, and a travel. Because I I think he understands that the devil's in the details. Like those those details are the thing that, that gets you over the top and, and kind of if you don't have those small mistakes, you're gonna beat the bad teams really really soundly through the whole season. And then you're gonna compete well against the the better teams because you're gonna or better record teams because you're gonna focus. And, and play well anyway, but I I miss it because again it's just it's not the same like the pre games the post game conferences. Uh, I miss Malone, so that was also like one of the worst thing worst things for me because, um, I mean I you know I just I just love watching that sometimes I like just get seeing him pissed off and walking halfway on the court calling a timeout because of a bad turnover or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, and to be fair, uh, uh, it's not. Only Vladko that is our guy because he's from former Yugoslavia. Uh, no, also, no, no. I not, also yeah. equa- equally miss PJ Dozier who also ended his season in his contract year. And PJ was supposed to get paid after this season well because we expected a lot of him. And I think he was able to deliver it. So hopefully he will get another shot with the Nuggets. And hopefully he will get his opportunity to earn some real money. Uh, I mean NBA real money. Yeah, players, yeah, for, yeah. Players, but for
0: NBA, the larger thing wasn't wasn't for the former Yugoslavia country. It just right. I, I love the type of player. As, as I said, like I, when I played, like I think I played similarly to him uh, in a non-flashy, like sound way. So I just always look for the guys like that, and, and I'm also just that's my personality. Um, as I said, we're, as I said at the beginning, you guys will get to know us basically through talking about basketball and what kind of we like. I mean, Monte is my. Is also my guy because of the same reasons. It was you know, solid play. Uh, so now we're gonna get to our best thing, and this is something uh, very, very cool that you know people I think have heard about this dish. It's the we call it. We're gonna call it borek of the week. Borek of the week. Um, it's a nice, juicy pastry dish, and it's either cheese, meat, or spinach uh, in different shapes and sizes. But it's kind of that pie, pie-shaped uh dish and it's well known because Nikola jokic um Nikola jokic used to eat it a lot when he was younger around the time when he was turning pro um so this thing, segment will be basically the best thing of the week what we kind of like the most what was the juicy storyline performance whole game a play like that we want to talk 10 minutes about like just anything that is like a high calorie count for us um that we like the most so you want to start us off
1: yeah, well, my, my Burek of the Week is uh, the interview that happened nine, nine days ago, Nick, interview that Nikola Jokic did for the Serbian Sport Network Arena Sport. It was a New Year's Eve exclusive. And the reason this is my Burek of the Week, as I mentioned on the DNBA show two days ago, is the fact that Nikola does these interviews in his native language very rarely and those are the only interviews he feels comfortable in. Therefore, we can learn a lot from them. So, first of all, I was, uh, it was seen by about 200,000 Serbian-speaking yeah. people yeah. because there were no uh, subtitles. Luckily, yours truly had nothing better to do with his family on January 1st. So I watched and uh, tweeted all the quotes. Uh, I thought that were interesting. And boy... There were some bangers. I already mentioned how proud he was about the silver medal he won uh, uh, at the Olympics, how his defense improved with better communication after he felt more comfortable speaking English on the court, the reasons for big comeback against the Clippers. So go back to the Thursday show if you missed it, because it's really nice. He also spoke about basketball becoming a real serious professional obligation for him how he is aware of how important he is uh, to the team and the need for him to make the right play on every possession on both sides of the court. Nikola also raved about Augusto Jakovic, our friend Augusto Jakovic, who gets a lot of credit for forcing Nikola to work on himself every day for seven years. They used uh, to swear at each other during trainings. That's how intense it was and probably still is. But now Nick yeah. Ogi is uh, Nicola's best friend in Denver and a real family friend. Ogi is also credited. This is an unknown thing. Also credited for creating the somber shuffle because he recognized Nicola had better balance jumping off of his one foot. So kudos yeah. to Ogi for that.
0: He yeah, I mean spoke, that was that was yeah. great. Yeah. that was yeah. a that was a great great like conversation. A lot like I think some people. I don't know if they misunderstood. Uh, your translation or just in general uh, what their relationship is it's its again one of those things that we want to want to show here because he, he was speaking that um, they were like cuss each other out during practices and sometimes not even talking because he thought oh this is you know he's going to be Serbian I'm Serbian we're going to be here it's going to be all cool and then Nogi was like no no you're going to work your ass off and, and be better because you can be much better and then you would get to a point where like he would push him hard and harder probably than other coaches because of he knows the the levels that you know players from serbia can take because of the the culture of of coaching here that it's still the coach then the, then the players in a lot of clubs so that was really cool and then you know i hope people didn't miss, misunderstand and then also he then he said he was laughing you know jokingly said like i see this with with Ogi and Blatko right now like ogie wants the best for blotko blotko's get blotko gets pissed sometimes because because he gets on his ass to probably work harder on like or some of the details that that he has to work on which was awesome and then you know I said we 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 like I I had the same uh, basketball coach as Ogis so I have a little bit of a relationship with him uh, through through like basketball and he's he's a great guy. Like, that was really cool to see Milojkovic you know addressing that and uh, cuz you know as he's director of player development a lot of fans don't know might don't know him because of such a huge coaching staff, and, and it's you know, it's a you're not expected as a fan to know these things, and uh, it was really cool to see that. And, and for me, just uh, the, the is it I kind of didn't get to see it on Thursday's show because of my internet connections and microphone issues and stuff. But you know, the, the cool thing with him is he's relaxed in his own language again, you know, and, and you know, barriers, and and he knows a lot of these, um news guys here and like reporters and commentators. So it's kind of I think with Jokic, is a lot of, yeah, it has to be like a lot of familiarity to actually get, make himself relax. So he knows these guys and so he was really chill and took up about an hour of his time. Like it was two hours before the game that they did that interview against the Clippers. Um, and so that was, that was really cool to see. And then just his personality of how he's answers answering questions, you know, didn't seem like he was working the media, like you know, when he was deferring praise, you know he shouted out Cat, he shouted at Embiid, Davis. A lot of guys, you know, in a lot of situations, you know, with PR machines in, in America, like that would be considered maybe weak or some or something in that case. But he was very like gentleman, gentlemanly. And then for me, the one of the best things for me is the the hobby thing because that's that's my big philosophy in life is every man's got to have a hobby to actually decompress and, and kind of relax from his everyday, everyday work, everyday life. And the, the, the horses thing is big, big for him. And then he also mentioned reading books because he didn't read him that much in, in high school again, cause he was, you know, practicing a lot. So now he's kind of making it up. And another thing, I think I noticed that people were a little worried before, um, before the Dallas game, when he said he's, he respects Derek for staying in Dallas so long as, that he feels miserable sometimes before games, and you really can't wait for them to finish. That was also like a, you have to like kind of get that from a different angle of yeah, that's true. But I think it's because of just the doldrums of the season, and everyone when they go to their jobs has that moment of like, oh, I gotta go again. it's one day, man. Yeah, exactly. And and I think that's one of the things. That it doesn't it doesn't say that he's unhappy in Denver. It just says it says that sometimes. He has those days and then the hobbies are the things that keeping him afloat because he can shut down and decompress And And then on the summers, in the summers, that's why I like going to Sombor, the fame is less because everyone knows him and they just treat him as one of their own. And so then he can decompress, go and go to his races, go to his horses and then come back fresh and play like he like he plays. And so I think like I hope a lot of people hear us talk a bit, a bit about this and then see your tweets I think a lot of players could benefit and I I hope like that push of like mental health that they were they started with DeRozan and Kevin Love is one of the one of those things is like have some hobbies like make yourself do some things plug plug out from the world plug out from Twitter um, and video gaming and stuff to do something for yourself and maybe with your family because I think that will go a lot a long way with the 82 game season.
1: Yeah, so. and, and that was actually one of the funniest bits from this uh, from this interview when the guys asked him uh, what does he do with his free time during the game during the you know the hours before the game. Everybody's on social media and he has none. And he said, "Well, I have my phone and I check the, the horse race results worldwide." This is this is the things that that are interesting to me. And he also said that he doesn't use social media. He's staying off the grid because he doesn't want to speak when he doesn't have anything smart to say. And that's a very modest thing to say, a very philosophical thing to say. And I I call that good family upbringing. It's really yeah. it's really nice. It's 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 like like the story Adam told about to the two boxes. One is happiness. The other one is sadness. And you can open either of them and it'll just pass. So insane. yeah. It'll pass, yes. yeah. V- very, yeah, it'll pass. It's very it's very philosophical. And it was very funny. He actually didn't want for the interview to end at yeah. all. He was just like, Come on guys, you must have some other questions. Because I think that was recorded like a couple of hours before the, was it Chicago? Yeah. Yeah. I mentioned yeah. that earlier. Really. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's yeah, yeah, a yeah. The Clippers so Clippers game, yeah. so he, yeah. Clippers game. Yeah. That's right. So he just, yeah, it was in LA. So he wanted, he wanted to spend time with his friends. They're not his closest friends, but they're guys. Oh, yeah, he yeah. knows for, for many years and, uh, and now back to the fortress of solitude, you know, before the game. Yeah. And
0: then, and just to end on the interview segment, um, well, just from what, what stuck out to me is the, the water polo team comment as well, like just to just to kind of show the audience like what he values in sports and why they shouldn't really be worried that he's going to leave Denver because first, I think he and, he and Jamal are really close friends and that kind of starts with two of them. And he lo- loves that idea of camaraderie in sports, like achieving something together and like being friends along the way. And he's mentioned that one of the biggest things of the Olympics was, and he was, you know, that was almost like it'll be six years, five and a half years ago. So what was he, 21, 22 at that point? Seeing like the water polo team that's that's a water, veteran world champion, Olympic champion team be that close was was very like impactful to him that it's really cool. Like that's how they achieve greatness. That's what he took away from that is achieving greatness through being close. They're each other's you know, best man, each other's friends. And then they're also like world champions and won everything and probably the best like sports team in, in Serbian history as like you know from achieving and winning perspective so that was really cool because that kind of gives you like the the situation that's why it's not weird that he said Dirk never been in his team he wants to be the next Tim Duncan with this with the Spurs is that it's not just about about winning and it's just it's how you win too and i think Giannis also kind of confirmed that um, last year with with the box, like how, how fulfilling that that whole thing is, and I think we're, we'll hopefully we'll be looking at Yankovich a long time, and Nuggets just solely based on what I can get, gather from that interview. So that was pretty cool, you know, That was a great, you know, and, and you you translating for people in America is really dope because they kind of get get a better glimpse of some of the things that haven't had a chance to for him to to say because again, it's it's post game, you're not focused like it's English. A little bit different so
1: um, yeah so so thank you, you, you to arena sport they had five days to translate it and they didn't so thank you for the opportunity to shine
0: yeah you got you got it <laughs> um as far as as far as my best thing um that was my i, I was i called this shot like a was a week ago we talked about the show i kind of put it in as hopefully my boric of the week nuggets destroying kings and orthodox christmas uh, and I was like, I'm hoping, I'm not writing anything, any alternatives. I'm hoping that'll happen and I'll speak it into existence. Yeah, you, you so, would be brickless if that didn't happen. Exactly, like we would have been talking about the interview the whole time. So, I mean, we, they didn't give us the, you know, they didn't give the Nuggets the, the Christmas game uh, on TV. So, you know, the Nuggets made their own with, with yesterday's win. And, you know, they, they got swept by the Kings last year. Malone has a huge grudge against him, you know. People are back and forth from the proper protocols. Like it's, it was really cool to cool to see that win and the way they won. To me, was really impressive and, and how Jokic kind of stepped up and We'll talk about this one moment later in the in the final segment. But uh, what what do you think about the this game? Like kind of what's um, what stuck out to you from from yesterday? It's just it's just the roster
1: that is so much fuller than it was. You have a proper starters. And when you have proper starters, then you have the proper bench. I really liked the way uh, Jermichael Green uh, played in the starting unit. And it's not a huge surprise. Almost everybody plays well next to Nikola Jokic. But he was really, really good. Their connection was really nice. That no look pass from Nikola to J Mike was just chef kiss. So yeah. I really, really liked... I, I liked the ball was popping. It was it was really good. It was like a 20-point lead in the first half, or something like that. It's really, it's really uh, good. And uh, luckily, when the Kings started come climbing back, good thing about it, they didn't have Rishon Holmes to finish us out. So that was a lot yeah, of break for us. So, <laughs> yeah, one of the best players in the world. So... Yeah.
0: Sean yeah. Holmes against the Nuggets, but to be well, fair, I really, like
1: I really like that guy. I'm not, I'm not joking at all. I would love oh, yeah. him on the Nuggets. I would love him.
0: No, no, I know, I understand. I mean, the the, the funny thing was was watching that game and, and looking at Alex Len and D- Damian Jones getting those floaters. You know, like, come on, them too. You know, it's just it's you know again, it's the it's the small like, guard against us that kind of gets the that. Shot like available to me, like first off, like just doubling Jokic that lazily, like the Kings did, and especially when he has the fuller, you know, fuller roster, even though I mean, Jamaika Green played and he was a four, and then Gordon can go up to up to the three, and it was pretty also cool to see because you know, when Jeff Green's there, then Gordon and him are kind of changeable. Uh, with this, was kind of more more like traditional, and I love the you know, the Jamaika Green and a Dunker spot was really interesting too for me because. <sighs> it's uh he's he can finish it's just that he's not a center really and so when he gets stuck in those in middle of a bunch of guys uh, plays that he you know rolls and, and and cuts it's less you know he we saw him, he missed a lot of things or like a lot of dunks so it was really cool to see the them trying trying that out and, and him finishing a bunch of stuff there and then then that kind of brings in his three and he can make some shots. Like the funny thing was, again, I said that the doubling was hilarious. Just Jokic, you know, how many assists he had was just one of those. Not even any, you know anything special for him. He sees the double coming, the back guy doesn't help out, and the ball just goes down. You know, down the middle. Whoever cuts, like it's you know either Monte or Gordon or, or even Jamaica or when Jeff was there, anyone mm-hmm. Barton. Um, it was just all over the place. And then one possession, I think, I, I I could be wrong, but like one possession, they play. I don't know if they play more than one, but one possession to try to play zone. And I, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, what are you doing? I mean, it was, of course, it was what happened. Like quick, quick, you know, Gordon gets to Jokic in the middle. Jokic jumps it off to Jermaine Green down below because they have to get up, you know, get up to him, up to the level of Jokic. And, and they stopped immediately after that. You just, we can't do this. So that, that was really fun. And then obviously Monte drawing a little bit at Halliburton at the beginning, the two Iowa State guys. I, I know that Hallie's your, your wet wedding. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it was it a was long time ago when I was even offering Michael Porter for Tyrese Halliburton, but I'm sticking <laughs> with my guys. No worries. Yeah, no, no, we're sticking with our guys. It was just,
0: it was just you know, you kind of see the why I love Monte so much too. He's not just solid. He's also a little chirpy. And I uh, was the other a couple of days ago, I think uh, the guys were talking about someone being a vocal leader like Draymond is for the for the Golden State Warriors. And Monte was mentioned. And I, I kind of believe I mean, unfortunately, he doesn't have the production this year. Kind of started off on the wrong knee, uh, so to speak. Um, but he, he, I think he definitely could be that guy because I still remember the drawing in LeBron, like when he did that in his like third year, maybe in the season in the in the NBA career, maybe second year in the regular rotation. Uh, that was like I, I you know he looks like very steady and because he's low mistake prone, he doesn't he's seems very calm and stuff. But I think he's a little, like has a lot of fire under uh, you know under him that that can benefit this team. He just I just hope that they can bring it out of him, you know, with Jamal and two of them can uh, get that, like, spark going when it's necessary. So, yeah, and do um, you have anything else for that game? I mean, that was probably one of my best things that first half, just the double teaming and the zone attempt. And um, obviously, like, the Jeff Green-Faku um, role. Yeah, I was going to ask you, so what do you think um, about Jeff being on the bench and then Jermichael still starting? for the next few games to try it out or do you think getting Jeff back in the starting
1: lineup No no for for the cup for a couple of games I'm completely fine with that because that might actually work in these circumstances but uh, you know if you look at the at the long view of the season I really want Jeff back in the starting season in the starting unit because he can imitate playing the three unlike j mike he is a much better complement to aaron gordon and uh, of course i want to to see that back and hopefully hopefully they will find a way to include j mike more playing inside uh, successfully because you know it's really tough for you to stay hot from the outside when you don't go to the basket at all it's really it's really hard nobody likes doing that well, except for some ego that just shoot every every ball like I do <laughs> on my pickup game, but I'm 42, so I'm allowed. So yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, yeah, for for a couple of games for sure. That that's that's a interesting idea. I'm not sure that uh, Michael Malone will like it when he comes yeah. back uh, to the helm, but we'll see. We'll see. Well, for it's, me, it was, it's, it's it's good yeah. to know that it's out there. The, 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 the the possibilities out there.
0: Yeah, the, I'm, I mean, I'm going to repeat myself from the Serbian speaking show we did earlier. Just because Jeff, for me, at least like, from what I've seen this season, um, and from, what, I mean, honestly, throughout his career, I think he's probably the most dynamic, like the quickest roller that we have on the on the team. Um, I mean, it might be even including Jokic because Jokic is like a big body, so he can take his time of quickly spinning out. But with Faku, I think we saw, I mean, we saw the three offenses in a row when he just you know, blocks, quickly rolls, and he gets the ball pocket pass from like because, you know, Fakulay's a lightning bolt. Um, I think that's why it worked so well. And I mean, it could work, you know, well against other teams. So I, I'm up for trying, not too much, not to mess with with the lineups too much. But that was interesting because I think, like, even Zeke and, and Jermichael Green are a little slower on the roll and less athletic, shockingly, for the, for, you know, compared to the 35-year-old. But that was, I mean, that was impressive. Like what Jeff did the other, you know, uh, before the halftime. That's, that kind of that's, was that's, was a six. It was six, and then went up to twelve point difference. Like that was, it was big. So you know, we got to shout out, like, because you know, Brendan's gonna get mad at us if we don't shout out Faku. So we wanna we wanna appease the overlords. Um, right. So yeah, that was. We um, wanna you wanna go into our final final segment, quick close segment. Yep. Uh, Inat moment of the week. Um, as you know, the, there's something very, uh, very Serbian. Yeah, those are the eyes. Um, Eric is on fire with these. I know, it's, it's right. Really, <laughs> the, the eyes are, are awesome. It's kind of, it's basically the best visual depiction of an of an Inat eyes. Um, very, I mean, it's very like, the, very Serbian. The actual word, I think, Inat you know, was invented by the behavior, behavior that we exhibit at certain situations. It's like the utter defiance in spite of great odds or complete proud stubbornness. To the point of self destruction, we kind of see both. We can kind of see both things throughout the Jokic career, and obviously, like every every one of us. But for, for the Nuggets fans, so the, it's very fitting that, that Jokic has the Enam moment uh, of this week, and it's it's the destruction of Kings after the referee kind of uh, didn't stop calling files for him inside, and so he had a little smile. And then he, and then he buried it three and then he just took over and went up to 30 points, you know, 27 points in 25 minutes or something like that. Um, Basically that was that, that was that like utter defiance moment of like, oh, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna mess with me. I'm going to show you. And, you know, Djokovic is, is prominent in headlines. Like that's also his thing with the U S open with the crowd and, you know, oh, you're against me. I'm going to show you. And then again, we've seen Jokic. Which again, he he alluded to in the, in his interview that he has games sometimes where he doesn't want to shoot or doesn't want to pass. Um, we've seen those games with him too. So for me, like, what do you what do you think about that moment?
1: Yes, and Nicole actually knows about those games. He he mentioned that in interview that you know from time to time I do have those games when I don't want to shoot or don't want to pass at all. And uh, he actually mentioned that was one of those games was the Barcelona game. Well, the game. Uh, mega yeah. played against somebody, and Barcelona guys were yeah, watching. The game. Game. Yeah, and so he was supposed to sign for for Barcelona, but he had one of those games, and they just said, "Okay, we'll wait a couple of more a couple of months," yeah. and then you know, Norkic got hurt, and Denver acted fast, and uh, and the rest is history. Yeah, I agree. That looked a bit like Djokovic, you know, that cynical smile for the for the audience, but. I don't think Nikola has that in him, at least not yet. He might get to that point because even Novak Djokovic wasn't as confident and he as he is today, like 10, 10 years ago. He used to forfeit fight matches because of the health issues and things like that, but he worked hard on that to become the most uh, dominant tennis player of all time. But what I think that smile was Nikola saying to himself, come on, man, it's Christmas You're supposed to act nice to everybody on Christmas. And it's really a thing here in Serbia. We are really super nice to each other on Christmas. Uh, I don't don't mean inside the house. We act normally inside the house. But when you go to the store, when you go to the market, you're super nice to everybody. You you say Merry Christmas to everybody, the, the people you don't know. You don't care. It's just you're super nice. So maybe, maybe that was the angle he was using. He was trying to be super positive, and it worked. It's
0: really worked. yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think it was. He was teetering on the edge of going on in out in the other direction. But for me, it was just. I I think. He, I think he has it. I might just slightly disagree there with you. Just that he's work. I think you. The last season, I think, showed a lot in the playoffs with, with Portland. I think he has a lot of it. A lot of it in him. It just maybe just honing it in always to be positive, not just negative. So um so I think like that was I mean that was a great moment. And especially after Alan Gentry did the the Doc Rivers thing of like, yeah, he has as a better as best, you know, as, as good of an IQ in as anyone in the NBA or he's a top three passer in the league. That kinda kinda sounds like a great compliment, but really like to the level that he's playing is kind of a neg. Um so it was really cool like just to torch them, especially at the beginning, like the 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 assists and then just how he scored it eventually at the end of the game and, you know and then refs obviously we're not gonna waste time on the referee and stuff it just it's evident at this point we're not gonna rehash that he should get more free throws and and you know get beaten up less but it is what it is when you're that dominant sometimes it comes with the territory so that's kind of what it is so um anything else to add before we wrap it up
1: yeah i just wanted to call everybody i cannot imagine there is somebody watching this that's not already subscribed to the dnvr support oh, yeah, channel yeah, yeah. but in case you're not just like and subscribe it really is is important for the channel to grow and also uh, contemplate on uh, on uh, paying for the subscription for the dnvr because there is so much great content behind the paywall paywall great- Great, yep. stuff Lwin, great stuff from Harrison, Win. Great stuff from Brendan Vogt, Great to list from Adam Maris. So, so you're missing out hugely if you're not a member. And I've been a member for years and and never never complained about it.
0: Yep, strong agree. And you know, find us here every week. We'll, we'll be on a Serbian corner, and on our if we're Serbian speaking audiences, we have the Night Serbia channel. So um, you know, have fun, enjoy basketball. Uh, we'll we'll implement the Let's Go Nuggets me and serve, you know, hopefully you'll pick it up. Um, yeah. So, either one, Nuggets team. See you next week. Either one, Nuggets team.